This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And as we've moved through this series called Our Time, a little phrase surfaced, and many of you could say the phrase with me. Uh, If you're new, this phrase might be new to you, but it's kind of easy to remember. And it just goes like this, the building ain't the building. It's just a house of bricks where the builder is going to build his building. You guys, I am so fired up about our church building a brick and mortar building out at 3575 Sango Road. And for the last many months, I had no idea if we would do it. Now I know you're like, pastor, you don't have faith in us like that? No, I got lots of faith in you. And I got lots of faith in God. But this journey has been terrifying in the most um, sobering way that I could imagine. It was just a walk by faith, a journey by faith of trusting the Lord. And some days my faith felt here, and some days my my faith felt here, and then the next day my faith felt here, and the next day my faith felt here, and the next day my faith felt here, and and I just had no idea. I, uh, we we brought our financial advisory team into the room and I said, okay, hey guys, I just want us to brainstorm plans of what what if we don't hit our goal? And then a couple of them started freaking out. (laughs) You know, you don't think we're gonna hit our goal? No, 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 I think we're gonna hit our goal. Like I just, like I just don't wanna be the leader with my head in the sand and not have a plan B if we don't hit our goal, you know? Like let's just like, Let's just plan for all potential options, you know? And then I realized, Lord, we, I, like, gotta, gotta trust you for, with everybody and for everybody. Like, yes, Lord. And um, I'm so, so fired up that a year and a half from now, two years from now, right there on 3575 Sanga Road, there's gonna be a brick and mortar building that we're gonna open the doors of that's gonna be a representation of us opening our hearts to our community, and we're going to welcome them in, and people are going to find hope in that building, and people are going to encounter Jesus in that building, and people are going to worship Jesus for the first time in that building. People are going to be baptized in that building. People are going to be married in that building. Marriages are going to be restored in that building. People are going to be broken free from addictions in that building. Jesus Christ is going to be adored, treasured, and worshiped, and lifted high in that building for generations and generations to come. But the building ain't the building. <laughs> it's just the house of bricks where the builder is going to build his building. Now, some of you have heard me say that phrase, and you're like, that's catchy. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Where would you get that? I got that from the Bible. <laughs> and this morning, I want us to look at the text of Scripture where that idea comes from. The building ain't the building. It's just the house of bricks where the builder is going to build his building. So look at it with me. First Corinthians Chapter 3, picking up in verse 1, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, this new young church, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. What did I say? That's wrong. We're all tired. We're all tired. I asked the worship team, I said, do you guys feel as tired as I sound, you know? Like, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's not their fault. That's what I gave them. I'm sure of it. Um... (laughs) Yeah, y'all make me lose my train of thought. I lost my train of thought early when I was giving them my notes. Yes. 
It's first there. They're, they're like ninjas back there. They're like ninjas back there. It's right on the screen now. All right, you ready? Let's dig in. First Corinthians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth was a new church, and they had lots of questions, and they had lots of dysfunction. So right now at Real Life, it's amazing how the hand of God is upon our church, and there's not a lot of big problems. Would you just take a deep breath and go, and enjoy this moment. <laughs> and just enjoy this moment. This new church, they had like incest going on. They, had, they were disunified going on. They were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. This church was messed up. And the Lord still loved his church. And the apostles still wrote to instruct his church. And here's what they wrote, picking up in verse 1. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you were not ready, for you were still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Well, how does he want them to behave? Aren't they humans? He wanted them to behave in a supernatural way. Not just in a human way. They have the supernatural spirit of the living God living in them. So don't behave in merely a human way. Behave in a supernatural way. So what was the human way in which they were behaving? Look at verse 4. When one, one, one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? In, in the church today, they have, there's, there's this thing called celebrity culture. And it's really potent in the church. But they were struggling with celebrity culture back in this day. One, some of them were fanboys for Paul. Some of them were fanboys for Apollos. And, and he's rebuking this attitude and mentality. And in verse 5 he says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? They're servants. They're just, they're just servants. Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So who gets the credit for every good thing that's happening at Real Life Sango? The living God. There's a bunch of servants. You're part of that. We're all servants. John the Baptist said, I'm unworthy to bend down and unbuckle the sandal straps of King Jesus. That's where we all are. We're all unworthy servants. And God is everything. He gets the glory for everything. He's done it all from start to finish and in this moment. So then Paul concludes in verse 7, look at this with me. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Boy, that'll encourage you, isn't it? <laughs> Pastor, inspire me and tell me who I am and what I am. You're not anything. Not what I was looking for. Well, you're not anything compared to God. None of us are. In, in other words, none of us can boast. Everything is a gift. All is grace. So, he who, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each, each will receive his wages according to his labor. Now, verse 9 is our focus verse. Look at it with me. For we are God's fellow workers. You Paul wrote to the Corinthians, you are God's field, God's building. There it is. 
You and I, we're God's building. We're, we're God's building. I love, I, I love this journey that we've been on. I, let me, I've, I've got some blueprints over here I forgot to bring up. Would you guys pass me those blueprints? They're right next to Lily. There they are. Thank you, sweetie. When, I, I can't tell you how excited I was the first day that the architect showed us the blueprints. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa. Laid them out. We just started looking at them, getting everybody's eyes on them. Our kids director got her eyes on them and she said, we need more classrooms. So they, we tweaked it. We drew more classrooms. Hours upon hours upon hours. You know, I love, like, I don't even remember when it was, but it was a long time ago. But we had like 10 different lunches over at our office and over 100 people came to lunches to give their input on the building before we ever sat down with the architect. We wrote every idea up on the dry erase board that was given. It was so fun just hearing people's ideas of the building. And when we got done, we just said, listen, we're not going to be able to do all that. <laughs> Maybe well, that's a really great idea. We're not going to be able to do all that. These are great, great ideas. We got to do a lot of it. But sitting down with the these drawings, as I think about God saying, we are God's building. And as you think about like how intentional of a process it is to sketch out these drawings, just look at all the, all the little detail. And when you get up really close to it, you just think, oh wow, what are those dotted lines? Oh wow, what is that? And what is that? And what is that? And man, they thought of everything. And look at that. And, and look at that. And, some of you, when you, with, with the building that we've designed at the kids' check-in, our logo is in the, in the roof, and there's a light coming down through, and everybody that looked at that said, oh, wow, oh, I love that. Oh, it was like this discovery moment. Oh, look at that. Look at that. That's so cool that they thought of that. We are God's building. And, and, and the amount of time and the amount of effort and the amount of creativity that we've put into designing the brick-and-mortar building that we're going to build is just a tiny little speck of the kind of purposeful, creative intention that God has for your life and my life. God is not bored with what's going on in your life. God is not disinterested with what's going on in your life. God is the master architect and he has his eyes on your life with every little dotted line and every little doorway and every little window and every little pocket of the building that is our life. The Lord sees it. The Lord loves it. The Lord is molding it. He's shaping it. He's designing it. He's not forgotten about you. He's not uninterested in you. He's not pushed you aside. He's got his eyes squarely on you. And with all the creativity in his heart, he's designing something beautiful. The Bible says that, that, that we are his workmanship. We're God's building. We're God's building. So you guys, I'm so fired up about the building we're going to build. Oh, my goodness, I'm so fired up. It's going to be a haven for hospitality. It's going to be a hub for discipleship. It's going to be a launching pad to the nations. I mean, we think we have an idea of all that God is going to do in and through that resource that is the building, but we don't have a clue of all the amazing things that God is going to do. But can I just tell you our excitement about what God is doing in his building, you and me and us, <laughs> ought to be so much more than our excitement about the brick and mortar. Because what he's doing in us is just miraculous. 
It's just amazing. We are God's building. It says that we're God's field, and he's the ultimate farmer. As we think about these images of God's building and being God's field, I think about being God's field, um, God needs to till the soil up to plant the seed to get the harvest out of our life. So what that looks like is God breaking us. Like when we're hard ground, God by his spirit speaking to us and, and breaking us. And it's so easy to live life and get calloused, isn't it? To get hard toward God and the things of God and to get hard toward one another. And, and God by his spirit wants to speak and till up that ground as he's the ultimate farmer. He wants to break our hearts. And then I couldn't help but to think about as God is the builder, he wants to, have you ever heard this phrase? He wants, he's, he's like holy sandpaper, you know? And it's like God wants to sand down our life as he's building us. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating when you're trying to build something, you get a big old splinter, you know? It's just a big old splinter. And the Lord, he just wants to eliminate all the splinters from our life. Sometimes we're like, sometimes we kind of take it as a badge of honor. It's just my personality. Oh, splintery? You have a splintery personality? And you're happy about that? Just sticking everybody that bumps into you? <laughs> um, the Lord, he wants to sand us down with his love. He wants to till up and break the soil of our hearts with his love. It doesn't always feel like love when he does that. But he's preparing us for the harvest. He's, he's preparing us. You know, I got to thinking about different buildings as I thought about us being God's building. And buildings come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, don't they? Behind the office on the land right now, um, there's this little bitty shed of a building. It's got all kinds of nasty spiders and cobwebs and bugs and all kinds of junk in it. And there might be a snake in there. And Like, I, I have not been in there. <laughs> not going. Not going in there. Because that's a nasty building. It's just, it's, it's, it hasn't been kept up. No attention has been given to it, you know. But then you see other amazing buildings. Maybe a home. Maybe a, a, a giant skyscraper. And you, and you just see, wow, what attention has gone into that building. Maybe you walk into someone's home and you just think, oh, my goodness, the way they keep their home, it's just so beautiful. It's not a, it's not a mess. And like, wow, they, they get a new paint job. Oh, it's, 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 it's beautiful. I think that helps us think about our lives. And when God steps into our lives, what does he see? Does, does he look at us like a cobwebbed shed with nasty bugs running around where he's like, ah, you know? Or, or is the building of our life being built beautiful? And is he drawn in to that? So as God builds you and me as his stones, and as he declares us to be his church, what is he wanting to build? What does that look like? Well, in Galatians chapter 5, we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit. As a kid, we learned this in songs. It's, it's hard to forget it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm not going to sing it. God bless you. But I will show this to you. And this is what I'd like for you to do as we think about um, us being God's building. You see the fruit of the Spirit coming up here. And what I want you to do is I want you to take a moment to grab a pen. If you don't have a pen, grab a pen from somebody or, or raise your hand and somebody will come. If you need a pen, just raise your hand. Somebody will come around with some pens. But I want you to jot these down and I want you to rank yourself one to ten. Not put these in order, but on each one, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Go ahead, and, go ahead and grade yourself on how well you think you're doing. So on love, give yourself a number of 1 through 10. On joy, give yourself a number of 1 through 10. On peace, I actually want you to go ahead and do that right now. I'm going to give you a few moments in this service just to reflect upon. I'm God's building. We've spent six weeks in looking at images and pictures and videos of a brick-and-mortar building. Let's spend a few moments this morning at looking at God's actual building. What he's building in us, the sandpaper that he wants to rub over our lives and as you think about the fruit of the Spirit. And so I want you to take just, some, just a few moments this morning, write all these down, and for joy, is, is your joy at a two or at an eight? Is, is peace, is, is your life marked by peace at a five or a six or a seven? Is patience, are you, are you at a three or are you at a seven? Go ahead, and, go ahead and write this down. Take an inventory this morning on God's building. Walk through the different rooms of the fruit of the Spirit. And, um, and take some time this morning. Go ahead and with the Holy Spirit's help, just evaluate yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. We're not gonna take a survey. Nobody's gonna pass their list around. If we did, we would see who the people are that beat themselves up really bad. <laughs> and we would see like the over, overly optimistic people, you know, the... Uh, the less self-aware people, right? Eight, nine, 10, eight, nine, 10, eight, nine, 10, eight, nine, 10. Those are the, those are the, the least self-aware among us, right? But just reflect, just reflect. When we talk about this being the fruit of the Spirit, what we mean is, is that when you turn away from sin and you turn to Jesus to trust in Him, when you receive His love, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of your life. And then God begins to make you His building. He begins to design all the little rooms of your life. Um, anybody got any twos? Any twos? Any twos? Don't be ashamed. Twos, I see you, my people. Twos. 
We got, we got work to do, right? Um, now, don't be bashful. Anybody got an eight? Anybody got an eight? All right. Yes. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is the living God. He takes messes like us and he brings about eights, right? Um, that's good. That's good. I'm not going to ask if anybody's got a one or a ten. But, but here's what I want to challenge you to do. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? If you want to get really, really serious, really serious about being God's building, you and me, if we want to get really serious about being God's building, then we'll ask for someone who lives in the same home as us to fill one out for us. And you don't show them your own numbers until they finish theirs about you. We often have blind spots. We're often blind to the reality. And often those that, that love us, they, they might not be willing to, to point it out. Or maybe they point it out all the time. And you're like, I ain't doing that. Because I know I'm living in two and three world on all of them. I just challenge you. Give the list to somebody that you live with and say, would you just rank me so that I can bring this before the Lord and ask the Lord to identify an area of growth for me so that I can be a beautiful building for God. So that when people experience the building that is my life, they experience something beautiful, something inspiring, something that blesses them. They don't get splintered up. They touch something that's smooth. Smooth. Do you see it, church? Be willing to do it? Be willing to do it? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you for the great privilege of being your building and being your field. Father, I'm just overwhelmed by the generosity of your people and by the grace and provision from your hand. And I give you glory for it today. Father, we want to be a, bi a beautiful building for you. You are the potter, we are the clay. So would you mold our lives to be something amazing for your glory? And all God's people said, amen. I mean, let's stand to our feet. Let's sing. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.